Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 17 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. I'm your host, Logan Bryant, bringing to you all the all things sports, a few shenanigans. We may even talk about some Christmas cards in this this week's episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> Our sports nuts with you this week. We got Christopher Collette. Chris, What's how up, goes fellas? it? Oh, it's going good. No complaints on my end. And we got Matthew Hickey Hickman. Good evening, boys. Guys, I hope you're ready to talk lots of football. We are limited on the shenanigans, heavy on the football. When I first saw the outline, I was a little nervous. But did you know the top five shows of last week among women, 18 to 49? Number one, CBS NFL. Number two, Sunday Night Football. Number three, Monday Night Football. Number four, Fox NFL 1 p.m. game. Number five, Thursday Night Football. I mean, the wow. 18 to 40 female, is, that's our target audience. So that's our target audience. We're doing audience. something right. So, so was Law & Order SVU a rerun? That's what It had question. to have been because tonight on the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast, it is ladies night. And we're bringing <laughs> all things football that they want to hear. <laughs> My wife has not yet listened to any of this. She has no interest. So, uh, oh, well, maybe... Maybe first sure. first time for everything. <laughs> Maybe we can get her interested in ladies night. I doubt it. Well, guys, I don't know if y'all did anything interesting this weekend. I decided to erect a 25-foot-tall Christmas tree on the outside of my house. Getting a lot of uh, a lot of chatter in the neighborhood. But what about you guys? Anything fun going on this week? Um, my fun thing, it kind of pertains to this week, but not exactly. Back when we were starting this podcast, I talked to Hickman one time, called him a random Friday afternoon. I was listening to Nashville Sports Radio, and we had an Arkansas fan that called into Nashville <laughs> Sports Radio. And uh, he was talking, and he goes, I don't know why people don't think Arkansas is going to make a bowl game this year <laughs> prior to the season. And uh, so the radio host was, was very generous to him and says, okay, well, let's sit down and figure this out. He goes, you're, you're probably going three and one or four and oh in the non-conference schedule, which didn't happen. Um, he goes, and let's let's try to pick out some uh, SEC wins you might have. He goes, I'm going to go ahead and cross off Auburn and Alabama as losses and LSU too. And the guy goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We normally play LSU pretty tough. I think we can win that game. So uh, why I got mentioned this week, Arkansas and LSU are playing and uh, – <laughs> LSU opened up as a 47 point favorite. <laughs> oh, but so, does Vegas not know that Arkansas always plays LSU close? I, I guess not. This is this is this is Arkansas fanboys tip. You better take Arkansas on the points because there's no way they're getting blown out. <laughs> was he was he talking about the basketball team? Uh, I don't think it matters. Football, basketball. It's, <laughs> good. Point. It's kind of it's not a good time for Arkansas athletics right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hickman, what about you? Anything fun going on this week? Well, first of all, fun facts to Arkansas nut job. They did beat LSU in their national championship season of 2007. So throwing that out there, that's definitely reason to bet Arkansas this week, right? Because <laughs> that has a lot to do with it. Oh, man, this past week has just been one of those weeks where, as a dad, I'm just trying to stay conscious during the day. Uh, 
my son's 18 months old and for whatever reason his favorite things in the world to do are chuck things at your head and wake up at two in the morning oh those are those are his favorite things at two in the morning sure he's grouchy for a few minutes and then he's just you know ready to play he wants to go find some books he wants to go find something he could chuck at your head he wants to go dance um ah, I, they talk about that sleep regression but I baby, have been, baby Porter needs to realize you can handle the first one, but you do you cannot deal with the second one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, P Dubs is, is struggling. He's uh, that dude had his had his you know appointment this week. Dude's a chunk. He's just my gosh. He needs to sleep. So somebody needs to come have a heart to heart with Porter. <laughs> Chris, I nominate you. Uh, I'm gonna Please. pass on that one. I hate kids. Okay. <laughs> holidays kids just name something i probably hate it so, real no. real quick chris how many kids do you have uh two <laughs> just how many just do i wish record. i had right now uh one <laughs> anybody wants well, a three-year-old he he could i would happily give him away right now <laughs> that dude the dude is a total shithead from the second he wakes up to the second he falls asleep My he has a million miles an hour he uh he has a nut punch down to a T. He, uh, <laughs> if I tell him not to do something, it's guaranteed he instantly does it. Oh my goodness! The three-year-old stage, gosh, it is terrible. And if I, if my daughter goes through this stage also, I might shoot myself. Not my three, huh. it's my bad. Three-year-old does is pretty good. My boy, I'm is jealous. I think maybe it has I'm, more to do with the gender than the. I man, yeah, my my daughter. It was definitely the uh, two-year-old was. Um, was okay, but three was not fun. And Brody's about three and a half, and he is suddenly not near as fun as he used to be. <laughs> but he's great for his mom, so I'll take that with a grain of salt. All right, enough about the kids. The ladies came here to talk NFL, guys. Let's make sense of the week. All right, I don't know if you guys noticed there was a brawl uh, on NFL. It may have been what the ladies were watching. Um. Brown Steelers, all hell broke loose at the end of the game. Mason Rudolph's at the bottom of a pile, started yelling, grabbing some stuff, and then Miles Garrett decided to rip Mason Rudolph's helmet off and then hit him with it. Chris, make sense of this uh, Brown Steelers melee here. Uh, I don't. I, I, there's nowhere to start. I mean, it happens with eight seconds left in the game. Um, literally, like. What are the what are the uh, Steelers even doing passing the ball? Like, do they not watch Mason Rudolph throw four picks? Like, just take a knee, just hand the ball off, just get out of there. Uh, that's the first part. Um, as far as uh, the actual fight goes, Mason Rudolph um, started it, and Miles Garrett escalated it fourteen times past what it should have got to. Um, I don't know that I've ever like, outside of Albert Hainsworth literally stomping a guy's face, like actual face, with his cleat. I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything, a non-football play, like uh, action on the field like that. Um, it was it was crazy. Miles um, Garrett obviously got suspended six games. He deserved it. That was about what he should have gotten. Well, let, let me ask you. Let's say there was eight games left in the season. How many how many games does Garrett get? He probably – I think it may actually be re- – <laughs> Albert Hainsworth got five for literally stomping a guy's face. I think it, I think it probably actually gets reduced. 
I think because there was six, I think five would have been probably the number. Uh, But But with the season. But we can all agree if this happens somewhere that's not on turf, the guy's in jail, right? Like if this does not happen during an NFL game, if if I'm driving down the road and I grab a, a a dude riding a motorcycle, if I grab his helmet off his head and then hit him on the top of the head with it, I'm probably going to jail, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't disagree okay. with that. Okay. I mean, there was a hockey player that literally took his hockey stick and hit a guy in the head. Like, like dumb shit happens on, on sports fields. I mean, it's just it's just guys just, I don't know. They let the emotions get the best of them and don't actually think through what they're actually doing. So, Hickman, you're a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. Did Miles Garrett, did he, did he deserve his six games? Yeah, he, he did, and I'm not saying that as a Mason Rudolph apologist. He deserved to be suspended and wasn't. He deserved at least a game. The whole thing was, was absolutely moronic. Every the, the only sane person in it all was David DeCastro, who really did a good job like keeping Garrett at bay. I think he even laid on him when it turned into like absolute chaos. So uh, props to DeCastro. Pouncey did – like. Pouncey's always been a guy with a short fuse, and he came in and started like kicking Garrett in the head. He was protecting his quarterback, whatever. But I don't, I, I think Pouncey's always been a guy that if there's a reason to fight, he's going to do it. So uh, that's that's what happened. He deserved his suspension too. Uh, I don't know. Did he deserve three games? Dude, I mean, he was he was kicking someone in the head. Granted, he I, the dude had a helmet it, on, but dude, he like. He I mean, took the, time to kick him in the head after the, punching him in the head. The dude swung at his quarterback with a helmet. That's what offensive linemen are for there. Like you, I mean, your job is to protect the quarterback. Right. Like when You're that happens, right. your job is to like, I, I no, don't, no, I, I mean, I'm with you, Chris. I'm surprised that it wasn't a bigger ordeal. You swing your own quarterback. Like you, you take my quarterback's helmet off and swing at him. I'm surprised benches weren't cleared. I'm surprised coaches weren't out there swinging. Um, I mean, I'm surprised it escalated more. Um, considering it, it was already a mess. But my biggest takeaway from all this: How did Mason Rudolph not get more hurt? <laughs> I mean that helmet hit him in the top of the head. How is how did he not get like seriously hurt on this? I think it I think it looked worse than it was. I think it was more of a glancing blow, and I think if it had really hit him in the head, it could have been really really bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean they were talking about legal action and all that stuff for him, and you know the the worst thing to come out of it is like the Steelers are actually hurt by this because Rudolph has to play and Pouncey can't. So <laughs> the, the bad player has to play and the good one does not. Yeah, I uh, I would love to see what the Steelers do at this point. If Rudolph can, can, is not allowed to play, everybody on the oh. offense is hurt. I mean, can you can, in the NFL, can you just forfeit a game? Seriously, if Rudolph, Rudolph is awful, I don't care if he had Antonio Brown at his peak, Le'Veon Bell at his peak, he'd find a way to be bad. Rudolph's terrible. It was one of the worst third-round picks they could have done. They were in win now mode, and what did they do? Draft a quarterback of the future when the year before they did the same thing. I'm sorry, I hated that pick from the start. I think Rudolph blows, and he was a completely <laughs> wasted draft pick. Well, what everybody loves to hear, especially the ladies that are listening on Ladies Night, when we're talking NFL, everybody wants to hear a soccer story. So I'm going to give you one. Football. When I, when I was in high school, we went and played a, a school named Somerset, who we affectionately called Scummerset because we were highly intelligent high schoolers. Puns. Incredible. 
And it was a team that we would we would go to camp with. We would hang out with every now and then. I don't know what happened. I was a goalie in high school. Um, an all-out brawl started on the other end of the field. And, you know, we're soccer players. We are men. We do not wear pads. Fisticuffs are going like crazy. Um, we ended up getting sus- – pretty much everybody on the team got suspended, I think, for like one or two games. And it was right before the playoffs and our our – our country Hicks soccer team actually was pretty good there in Kentucky. And so I remember our coach scheduling extra games before the playoffs so that we could, uh, we could all count those as our suspended games. I like the strategy. <laughs> I figured Chris would, it was a brilliant idea that I'd never heard before. Um, and it worked pretty well. I was pretty impressed. But with that being said, nobody got a helmet to, or uh, took a helmet to the head. It was more of a sissy fight, slaps, punches, that kind of stuff. Um, and needless to say, we never got to play them again. Shocking. <laughs> so, guys, I need somebody to make sense of the NFL pass interference challenges. I don't know what the percentage is. Refs have, we talked about this before, middle fingers are up. They refuse to overturn this. Hickman. What is going on? Nothing's going on. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like it's such a. I mean, I've I can think of a few things that have happened in a sport where it's just blatantly for show and nothing else. Um, uh, if you're going to challenge pass interference, which by nature can be subjective to begin with, then like let it be an actual thing, but it obviously isn't, and I. I don't know. It's really frustrating to quote unquote have the rule, but it not be something that's enforced or ever ever you know adjusted. So it may as well not be there at this point. I would rather there not be a challenge for it because now it's just a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, if the Saints Rams are playing in the playoffs this year, is that call overturned? I don't think so. No, (laughs) it's not. Chris, explain to me, why have the NFL refs chosen pass interference as the one foul that they're going to dig their heels in and refuse to overturn? I, the only thing I can think of is I think this is the precedent for for the whole eye in the sky referee and getting rid of actual referees on the field. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, they think it's it could potentially undermine them, but they're undermining themselves by the incompetence. Yes, they- uh, they are I, ushering I, in the eye in the sky, if you ask they me. They are. I, I literally put this on there because I was watching the Ravens and Texans and DeAndre Hopkins. There was a deep ball, about a 50-yard bomb that Watson threw right on the money, and the Ravens defensive back literally turned him as he was tack, like kind of tackling him. And you could see Hopkins turn and the ball sail over his head by a couple feet because he couldn't actually go, like, go and catch it. Uh and they reviewed it, and it was. I, I know the Ravens kicked the Texans' ass, but at that point <laughs> in the game, um, I think it was still a zero-zero game at that point. And it's not like it would have flipped the game. I mean, Baltimore's playing really good right now, but yes. Baltimore is a team that if you could go up seven nothing because of been pass interference in the end zone, so I mean, it's first and goal at the one at that point. Um, if you could go up on Baltimore, I think it gives you the best chance to win. Uh, I don't know if they can come back. From behind, uh, be interesting to see when it happens this year at some point. But it really did flip the game because they reviewed it and 
call Stanza's called on the field. And you're <laughs> like, how? I don't, I don't understand. Well, and speaking it, of Baltimore, did you see where that sports book is paying out all the um, Lamar Jackson MVP bets? Wait, um, I, one of one of the online sports books is uh, already paying out anybody that bet Lamar and Jackson MVP. That's dumb. <laughs> I thought so too, but it's just the oh, so those online sports books. There. They're out of control in the market. Like they're yeah. So Chris, like they do all the time, like a oh, bad beats. Like uh, if there's a bad beat in a, a big time game, they're like, oh, if you bet on the other team, we'll refund your money. It's weird. It's just a publicity stunt to get you to bet on them. It's dumb. So, Chris, if you're an NFL coach this Sunday, a blatant yeah. pass interference call is not called. Are you challenging it? Um, this is actually what I thought Bill O'Brien should do. I would challenge that thing, and when the NFL comes back and says call stands, I'm just going to take my team and just go to the locker room and just be like, <laughs> NFL, you better fix this. Like, this is on you, and we're not coming out of the locker room until you fix it and force the NFL's hand to fix the situation. No, I really not. You are not walking off the field over a pass interference call. I think, wait, wait, wait. Dude, Chris just hit on something you're... really good. Yeah. You know who you're talking about right now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm as petty as petty gets when it comes to things like that. You're super <sighs> petty, but, but, all right. If you had a couple of coaches that were aligned on this and thought it was terrible, say the game's a blowout, stage a pass interference with eight minutes left and walk your team off the field the losing team like that's a really good idea well they could always call the pass interference i mean they do call pass interference they just don't they do. do it on replay if, if you have a circumstance like that you're right but is it there's a circumstance like that then i don't know I, so I mean, you're talking like when the Bengals in miami play here in a couple weeks they should find stage a way. walk out i mean why stage not stage a walk out yeah i mean the yep. Bengals benefit from losing so they should definitely be walking out <laughs> Uh, but yeah, seriously, if I'm an actual coach in this situation, I'm not challenging a single pass interference the rest of the season unless it's actual, like literally the right. game comes down to that play, like the Saints. Exactly. Saints yeah, you Rams. challenge it there. Otherwise, you don't. Uh, yeah. I understand challenge there, but anything else, I'm I'm just not challenging and telling the players it is what it is. Yeah, you can't. I mean, I, I understand agree. if you do it if you're trying to make a statement, but if you are if you have a chance to win the game and you need that timeout, you can't because they're not going to do it. All right, quickly here, guys. Let's make sense of the future of running backs in the NFL. Chris, the 10 highest paid running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Gurley, Bell, David Johnson, who I'm not sure he's playing again, Freeman, Barkley, McKinnon, Fournette, Miller, and Duke Johnson. Aren't those last two on the same team? Oh, uh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> this is a baffling list to begin with, but I'm going to say one round pick for Duke Johnson. And another guy is their leading rusher, which is neither of them. Yeah. <laughs> True. So, so Hickman, what's the future of, of running backs in the NFL? Are we going to go one by one or are we just going to give a blanket statement? Just a blanket statement on running backs. So running backs, I mean, that, that's the position. I think it's been proven that it's one of the easiest to replace. It's really a waste of an asset or a waste of your assets to spend like, okay, Saquon Barkley might be the best running back in the NFL. The Giants picked him second. It was probably not the right decision, which is crazy because of what you can get off of the scrap heap to, you know, all right, so the, the Chiefs, they're finding, you know, reasonable um, production at running back, and they've invested nothing in the position. Well, look at what uh, the Lions did last week. Yeah, Bo Scarborough was 
<laughs> yeah, he was good. McKissick was good. They, I mean, it's 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 a position that in the current state of the NFL has become not super important, and you can get away with just having a guy and pay pass rushers, pay offensive linemen, pay and pay quarterbacks and rece- above all. So, you know, looking at the list of the most highly paid, several of these guys won't be in the NFL in two years. Um, a girl, uh, Zeke and Barkley probably have, and maybe Fournette have bright futures. The other ones, I don't know if we even are talking about them in a couple years, even Gurley. Good point. Chris, if you're an NFL GM, what do you tell a mama whose son is a college all-star running back as the future of running backs in the NFL? Uh, <laughs> do you tell her, do you tell her, Hey, he need to turn that boy into a tight end. I'm play receiver. Uh, okay. Jalen Hurd. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, if, if you're a running back and you think your, your pathway to the NFL is being a running back, I, you stick it out, you're running back and, you try to get paid the first time you have it, you see a chance to get paid. Um, I think that's the biggest part with the rookie wage scale. The way it is, you can draft a third round running back and you're not paying the guy more than a million dollars for the first four years. (laughs) And then once he hits the fourth year, you're like, okay, peace out, go have fun somewhere else. We'll draft another running back and just plug him in. And it it works. Uh, The Titans have a Titans have one hell of a situation now where Derrick Henry is going to be a, uh, potential free agents into the year. I don't know what you do with that guy because I don't. I don't think. In, I don't think in 2019 you can build around a running back. Um, but at the same time, I I don't know. I don't know what his market's going to be. It's it should be interesting to see it unfold because, I mean, he's he's a good running back. He's not great. Uh, what he's definitely Chiefs, flawed. What did the Chiefs have to pay for uh, for McCoy? I think they got him for like a million. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude has proven himself on every team, everywhere, every situation. Spent time in okay. Buffalo. Who's terrible? Um, he was terrible at Buffalo last year, and he's worth a million dollars. Yeah, nuts. yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's definitely a conundrum. I mean, I think getting rid of the rookie wage scale would would solve a little bit of the problem, so that they could actually get paid. Uh. Because what happens is they just get ran into run into the ground and franchise tagged a year yeah. and then they're they're washed. I mean, look at Zeke; he just got his big deal and he looks washed almost right now. Like he doesn't what's, look the same. I don't know if it's, he's not in football shape right now or what, what the deal is. Zeke not in football shape. <laughs> what's going to happen with Christian McCaffrey? That dude's getting a stupid amount of touches and he's small. Like you know, he, he's he's what five eleven, two oh five. Uh, crazy i don't know i don't do you pay the guy yeah he's getting paid and they're gonna regret it both of those things are true and i yeah it's weird i don't i have a less problem with drafting a high running back but my issue than i do paying a run in free agency but my issue is drafting a high running back let's say you get saquon barkley who is the best running back talent we've seen in a decade. I mean, you're not going to pay him, but your team's not good. So when he comes time to actually pay him, it's not worth it. Like that's my, my, my frustration is if you're not going to pay the guy. Why draft him high knowing you're not going to pay him? Um, Cause you're, you got four years to draft another one, plug and play, get somebody else in there. 
So, I mean, I think running backs is one of those positions. It is what it is. I mean, we can all make fun of kickers and punters, but by George, if you're good, you can stay in the league forever. Running backs, unfortunately, you've got a limited shelf life. There's only so many hits the human body can take. And no matter how you're built, you're not built to take more than more than your fair share. Well, guys, let's work our way down here to chug, sip, ale, or, or pour. Dun, 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 dun. All right, guys, I don't know if you saw this week. Big news came out. Um, the nation's largest milk company, Dean Foods, filed for bankruptcy this week. Sparking Darren Ravel to say the alternative milk market is on fire. Chris, chug, sip, or pour alternative milk. I'm going to pour uh, all milk. I'm not a milk guy. I never drank milk a day in my life. Uh, don't like milk. Don't like alter- I don't like coconut milk or almond milk or any other kind of milk. Not a fan. It's not, it's not something I drink. Just give me a glass of water. Um, one kind of funny milk story. My granny, bless her heart, she was that crazy old cat lady. She uh, went through four gallons of milk a week because she uh, cooked her, her cat's and dogs breakfast every morning. Oh, great. She you finish that sentence. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> no, she, she, your, yeah. cat lady your, your cadence on that sentence was a little worrisome. Uh, I mean, she, she, she was crazy, but yeah, she went through four gallons of milk. That may be why they're, I mean, she passed away several years ago, but that may be why they're struggling. I mean, the four gallons of milk a week, she was demolishing. Yeah. You can't afford four gallons of $8 almond milk a week. That's for sure. Hickman, Chug, Sipper, Pour, Alternative Milk. Well, I do know, based on Chris's last statement, we just lost a listener and our good friend McClure Boyd. The first time I ever met that guy in eighth grade, I remember meeting the guy. He was wearing a shirt that says, Got Milk. Remember those ad (laughs) campaigns? McClure has always been a big fan of drinking milk. I also remember our Brandon Peak in college drinking skim milk with ice, which was the worst idea I've ever heard. But anyway, um, alternative milks, I will sip. Um, here's why. I can't afford to, to anything really, else. Well, yeah. I, yeah, definitely can't afford to pour to chug it. But anyway, um, so knowing people that have issues with lactose, it does, you know, it can make your coffee better or whatever. So I get its, I get its purpose. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the flavor. I have had cereal with almond milk that got the job done. So, uh, I get its purpose. If um, there are better ways to do it, then I'm I'm for it. Um, personally, not a huge fan, but I totally get the purpose. I'm not going to judge anybody for liking it or disliking it either way. So I have to sit or sip that one. I've always liked good old cow's milk. Never had a problem. Two percent's what I grew up on. But I had a friend growing up. His name was Adam Friend. Yes, that is his real name. I have not changed it to protect the innocent. And we would be out playing basketball in the backyard. And when the rest of us are grabbing maybe water from the hose, maybe a Gatorade, if it was a special occasion, Adam would run inside and ask my mom if he could get a glass of milk when it's 105 degrees outside and you've been sweating for the last three hours. Milk was a bad choice. I've never (laughs) understood it, and he always did it. But when it comes to alternative milk, boys, 
I want no part of nut juice, okay? Let's just be real here. Almond milk, nobody wants that. Can you say that? (laughs) I mean, that's what it is. Is almond milk not nut juice? Supposedly, the, supposedly the next big thing in alternative milk is oat milk. Yeah, we Alicia that. Alicia uses oat milk for her coffee. It's actually not bad. So evidently, that's that's the rising star in the alternative milk market is the oat milk. Um, I feel like I've had a lot of flavored like almond or soy milks, like the vanilla or something, and that with a bowl of cereal, that's just not doing it for me. So I am pouring out alternative milk. Just say no to nut juice, kids. Fun All fact, right. I used oat milk creamer accidentally to make uh, scrambled eggs for my daughter last week. Uh, you can imagine how terrible those were. Vanilla oat milk creamer. I thought I mean, it was she, just... She probably still ate them. She ate a bite and said, Daddy, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> my son, on the other hand, was a big fan. All right, Hickman, Chug Saperpore, the NFL playing a game in Mexico City every year. I mean, if it's a Chargers game, sure. What's the point? Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll chug that. <laughs> it's a wasteland everywhere. Uh, I'll, you know, I love uh, incorporating international audience. I think on the whole, it's something you should pour out. Home games need to be home games. When you have a team that's homeless, however, like the Chargers, go for it. I'm fine with that so long as it's San Diego. Chris, Chuck Zipperpore, new, or not new, Mexico City. Um, I'm going to uh, sip it. Um, I'm going to sip it because it's the most fans the Chargers have had at a home game all year. Um, they, they should really think about moving to Mexico City. And the reason I'm not <laughs> chugging it is because I don't understand why they can't have turf. Like what? That grass, that grass was just—it was, was coming up in chunks. Melvin Gordon, one time he—he uh, he fell, he hurt his knee. I just saw a bruise, but he took like a freaking one-foot divot out of the turf. <laughs> by his, it was just his knee. It wasn't the cleat digging it up. Uh, the turf was garbage. It was, it was beyond pitiful. I don't understand. Last year's game got canceled in Mexico City or got moved to the U.S. Um, because of that, and. Uh, yeah, if they could figure the turf out, I would chug it, but I'm just going to sit because they can't do that. No, I am pouring this out all day long. There is no reason for any NFL team to play in the altitude of Mexico City, to play in the pollution of Mexico City. The NFL is not going to expand into Mexico. There is no reason for this. I think it's taxing on the players. It's taxing on the teams. Yes, San Diego needs to find a home field somewhere. But I don't know about you guys. In watching that game, they had lower bowl seats tarped yeah. off. Like, like club level seats were tarped off. That made no sense. I did like, not understand that. What's going at all. on, man? I so I, I'm pouring that out. That is ridiculous. Hickman, Chuck, Zipper, poor Mister Tua Lamalumalhamalai got hurt this past week. Alabama's quarterback. Chuck Zipperpore, Alabama playing Tua at the time he got hurt. Man, I hated it. Uh, I hate to see that injury. I don't uh, – just it's really sad. I'm going to pour out him playing. I used to always never understand this with um, Urban Myers teams. He would always keep a stud quarterback chucking the ball in the fourth quarter. I don't know how many times you'd see Tebow flinging it around against Vanderbilt late in the game. Um, 
uh, man, it's uh, pull pull your guys when the games when the games decided. Um, you know, let the young kids get some get some experience. Pour your guys out. I'm I'm pouring it. Saban's way smarter than I am. It was a freak thing. I know he said it was because he wanted to get him experience in the two minute drill. What last year the dude didn't even play when there was even a chance for that. But I mean, run a drive like it's a two minute drill. You could you could do that, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be. Uh, I don't know. I felt really bad for the guy. I'm pouring out him being there. Well, let me set you straight here, Hickman. It was okay. the second quarter. You're not pulling Thank starters you. in the second quarter. I'm sorry. I don't care what the score is. You're playing a half no matter what. Um, it was one of those that, you know, freak injury. I hate it for the guy. Former Bengals first-round draft pick, Mr. Tua there. God rest your soul. Um, but He did die. It was true. That's true. Um, but the guy got hurt in the second quarter, so – I am chugging to a playing in the second quarter of every Alabama game this year. And evidently maybe next year too. Chris, what you got? I'm whatever Logan just said. I, I agree with hundred percent. It's the second quarter of an sec game. The score was only like 28 to nothing. It wasn't like it was 40, 49 to nothing already. 28, nothing second quarter. He, he played until halftime. And then in the third quarter, you can reevaluate things and play some Mac Jones or whoever their their backup is. Not even sure who it is. Uh, but yeah, the second quarter. Come on, Hickman, you're not taking your starters out in the second quarter. I don't hey, care listen. if it's forty nine to nothing. They're still playing till halftime. I remember my dominant middle school football team, John Severe Middle School. We were eight zero. Shout out Andy Hicks. We were both second team All Conference linemen. Anyway. Uh, we got to not, we had to not play in the second quarter because we'd be up by so much, then play one series in the third. That doesn't have anything to do with this, but I just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> and it turned a, out to be good. I did not. So there, you there go. was a team we would play in basketball in high school called, uh, I remember in high school. Did you call them Betsy Lane because y'all were so <laughs> clever? We may have, but they were literally terrible. Um, and I remember one game we were up 10 to nothing in like the first 30 seconds for some reason. I mean, we knew we were going to blow them out. Coach was pressing. And so he rested all the starters after 30 seconds. And I remember like, coach, this could have been a stat stuffer. Okay. I got at least got to play till halftime. Um, but he benched us all up 10 to nothing, but in the sec, you play till halftime. Was he one of those coaches though, that would, you know, you're up 10 to nothing, Pulls all the starters, but keeps pressing with the backups. Was he one of those guys? Because I know those guys are out there. They are maddening. No, we got to keep running uh, their defense. He may have. (laughs) He may have classic Chris College. Yeah. If the backups actually were able to press, he may have. But there's a reason they were the backups. (laughs) We were a pretty mediocre basketball team. All right, last Chuck Zipper pour of the week. Chris, I'm throwing to you first on this one. Sending Christmas cards to family and friends. Are you guys getting the family portraits ready for this year? I'm going to go with no. I have a uh, hellacious three-year-old. Um, <laughs> that I mean, trying to get him in a picture would, I mean, goodness, goodness gracious. It'd be a miracle if he just like, if the four of us were actually in one frame together. Um, it would be terrible. I would, it'd be a pain in my ass. It's cost, what, 50 cents a card to send out. Um, no. yeah, I'm, 
I'm like I'm the Mr. Scrooge over here. I hate holidays. I hate I hate family pictures. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna pour out everything to do with Christmas cards, with one exception, and that is the Hickman Christmas card. <laughs> I love getting that in the mail. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour it out. But Matthew, you have you. It's your honor right here. Take it away. <laughs> Matt, you are muted right now. All right. So, Chris can fix that. <laughs> Man, that was in, too. I had lots to say. That's what she said. So you'll, you can do some. Wow. I was going to say you should edit that, but maybe maybe you won't. Just, you know, leave it in there. Uh, anyways. So. Just pepper those in whenever you can here, Michael Scott. So anyway, um, yeah. So as we discussed last week, I do enjoy sending out terrible Christmas cards for the past six years. I think we have uh, taken intentionally really bad, awkward family photos, incorporated kids and our dog and all that good stuff. Uh, That was born out of my disdain for taking pictures and having to sit there and you know, show some specific image of yourself that's not accurate because there's always the pictures of everybody looking super happy and put together and nobody's all happy and put together all the time. So we went the other way and tend send terrible pictures. We all look awful. I very much enjoy it. Logan, appreciate you being our photographer this year. So anybody who gets the card, you can thank Logan and his, his fancy new phone for uh, some stellar pictures. Um, Benny's the star of the show, but it should be uh, it should be a good one this year. Chug it. I enjoy doing it. Um, uh, all listeners out there, just uh, slide into our DMs with your address, and I'll make sure uh, Matt sends you a Christmas card this year. Sure. Amen to that. You will want this Christmas card. Um, Hickman's got the CFO of his company wanting his Christmas card. He has, <laughs> he has heard the legendary status. True. I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to sip the Christmas cards. I am a businessman myself send cards to all my clients and I'm the kind of guy who it's about December 1st or 2nd and I tell my wife hey we need to send out Christmas cards to all my clients you got a picture for us and then we're trying to scramble to find a picture preferably one where I hadn't gained 30 pounds throughout the year where all the kids are smiling and looking and she's all stressed and she's like hey next year why don't you tell me in the summer I said definitely next summer I'm going to tell you remind you I need Christmas cards (laughs) <laughs> and December rolls around. I say, Hey, sums, I need, a, I need a Christmas card picture. Um, so I'm sipping it. I know you got to do it. I do like getting them from people. Uh, I say that I just hang them up on some wall, random wall in the house yeah. and then I throw them away in January, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to sip some, some Christmas cards, but I highly recommend the Hickman's card. All right, guys, let's do some big game breakdowns here. Chris, let's recap last week. What did we say? And what happened? Uh, last week, we, we were actually really, really good last week. Um, Auburn, Georgia, uh, I think me and you were in on Auburn getting two and a half points. Auburn didn't get – but it was still a one-possession game, close game. We, we said it would be a pretty close game overall. Uh, Georgia went by a touchdown. Oklahoma, Baylor, we were all on Baylor with the points. Um, and Baylor lost, but they only lost by three. So, yeah, that was a winner for everybody. And then Chiefs-Chargers, we also said, pretty tight game for the most part. But the Chiefs have a better quarterback, um, and 
if you watch Philip Rivers play, you would definitely know oh my gosh. the Chiefs have the better quarterback. Chris's all-time uh, favorite player. Yeah, anytime I get a reel on that guy, I definitely will. So he, sh- uh, he should probably consider moving f- closer than two hours from the practice facility, if I were just to guess. Well, I mean, would it help <laughs> him throw the ball though? I mean, he throws the ball like a damn shot put or something. He's icing the ice in his arm the whole way there. This is a true story. <laughs> two weeks ago, they they had a, a two minute drive in which he went zero for eight in the two minute drive, and there was a <laughs> pass interference. There's a pass interference on fourth down. That uh, that extended that. Gave, gave him an automatic first down, and he still went yeah, 0 for seven technically, but he eight straight incompletions to end, to end the game two weeks ago. That's one of my favorite stats I've ever heard, and he's, that's he's, why he's Nick awful. Saban leaves Tua in the game to run the two minute drill. Boys, you got to practice. I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, so, so last week we were good, and also uh, Sunday morning I tweeted out some uh, some game lines, and I went eight two and one. Uh, I'll probably never do that one again as far as going eight two and one, but I went eight two and one. I'm gonna gloat and I'm gonna enjoy that while while it happens. We are, so. we are finding our stride, fellas. It only took us what two seventeen seventeen episodes here, but we are <laughs> we are on it. We are we are looking good on the pickums right now. Chris, let me ask you real quick. Eight two and one. Let's say you feel real good about most of the games. How do you feel about going parlay to just going individual games? I'm going individual games. I don't like the parlay because there's always one game that screws you. Um, the parlays are just they're they're kind of a tease. I mean, they really. I mean, a teaser is a tease too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that sounds good in principle and it pays off better, but at the same time, like a bird in the hands better than two in the bush or something like that. Whatever that saying is. That's what it's she just, said. I don't know. Just give me. I don't know how that one goes, but I'm gonna leave it that, in there. But uh, that was the point. It did make sense. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just gonna go. Uh, I I like going straight up. Parlays are, I mean, you can go three team parlay, three team teaser. If you want to go big enough, you can go. I mean, you can do the whole football slate if you want to do a big parlay. But I mean, you're you're gonna win every once in a while, and you're gonna feel great about it. But those 47 times you lose before you hit the big <laughs> one, that basically. I mean, it's, it's what you're you're just winning money you've already pissed away essentially. So, I was just not, curious. Not I'm a parlay guy. Sports betting is illegal in the state of Tennessee where I currently reside. Um, but when I do these little online games and apps and stuff, I'm a, I'm a big fan of you know picking four or five games straight up. But then I also parlay all of them just oh, in yeah. case because it costs like two bucks, and if you win, you're in the thousands. Um, uh, one thing I do like to do is. If, if there are like six games I like to do, I just like to uh, do a couple three team parlays off that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, the, the whole six, seven, eight team parlays, that's just not for me. I'm, I don't not, I just, it's a heck of a story like when you win, but you're right. Like you end up basically getting your money back because you've lost for 52 straight weeks before you finally exactly. hit one. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, guys, let's break down biggest NFL game of the week. We got the Packers at the 49ers. 49ers are uh, uh, favored by three points at home. Hickman, who do you like here? Packers at 49ers. So not to copy what we talked about the past couple of weeks, but I still I still don't trust the Niners and Garoppolo. <laughs> I, I just I want to say that, but I'm afraid to at this point. I mean, they they are legit good, right? They they are. Well, right, so so their their comeback last week was against Arizona. 
they they couldn't finish it off against Seattle in a in a decent defense. Um, I don't. I think the I think the Packers do. I'm taking the Packers of the points. Um, I think Green I think Green Bay wins outright. I trust Rodgers more. I don't know that I trust the coaching staff as much, but I trust Rodgers more than Jimmy G to make a play in crunch time. It's going to be a close game, uh, but I'm taking Green Bay and uh, to win outright. But I'm happy with the plus three. Chris, what do you think? You you trust Jimmy G? Uh, no, I think he's garbage. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's good. I, I think not I think see that coming. I Classic think the, Patriot quarterback. I think the 49ers have a, a really good defense. I think they have a really good run game. Uh, they, they literally have four backs that can just throw out there and just, just and they uh, Kyle Shanahan he he's pr- pretty good at creating uh, matchups for uh, um. For the running backs to get them in space, get them uh, where they just had to beat one guy. Um, it's kind of a zone blocking scheme where they just cut back one time, and uh, they have some big chunk runs. Uh, Grappolo, he—he's the reason they're going to lose a game. Like I mean, he—he—he he, he can find the other team pretty well. He—he—he's—he uh, has <laughs> wow. a little Jameis. He has a little Jameis in him, where he hey, just throws the ball to the wrong a, team. Jameis is a top ten fantasy quarterback. I mean, if you got yeah. points for throwing to the other team, I mean, hell, he might be a top five quarterback. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So now, I, Aaron Rodgers, he's a better quarterback. Um, they are coming off a of bye week, which I think is helpful because the 49ers have about five players that are game time decisions, mm-hmm. which include um, Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, uh, Kittle, Kittle, the tight end. Yeah. Uh, Breeder, the running back, yeah, and then Staley, their left tackle. So they got five players on offense that are kind of questionable. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going Packers. Uh, I like to win. I like them to win outright, as Hickman said. Take the three points. I mean, it never hurts you. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like you win more money if you go pack Packers money line, but getting the three points is a kind of nice. Uh, it's a nice little insurance. I mean, helps you not lose in some situations. So. Give me well, Packers going, plus three. Well, I'm going against the grain here, boys. Who has more touchdowns, Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you're asking this, so I assume Garoppolo. Oh, Mr. Jimmy G has 18 to Aaron Rodgers, 17. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to talk about interceptions or total yards. <laughs> we're going to talk about Jimmy G finding the end zone to my boy Debo Samuel. Uh, Chris Collette, which offense averages more points per game? The Packers uh, or the 49ers? Uh, I'm sure you're going to say 49ers. 49ers, and it's not even close. Which defense is better? And this is not even a question, Matt Hickman. It is the 49ers defense. It and is the 49ers defense. Hammering us with this line of questioning as if it was an <laughs> impeachment investigation. Incredible. <laughs> well, I, I missed my calling of going to law school. But here's the deal. The 49ers, you guys are, are are trashing their offense. They have scored 36, 24, 28, 51 their last four games. Give me the 49ers. 49ers at home. Give them to me all day long. But I really hope the Packers score at least 35 points because I need their uh, their running backs to combine for a quality 30 <laughs> points this week for a fantasy win. <laughs> All right, guys. Biggest game in college football this weekend. Penn State going to Ohio State. Game's not as big as it once was. 
thanks to Penn State getting beat by Minnesota. And I don't know if you guys have saw, but there is a uh, there's a contingent of the Ohio State fan base that are trying to organize a boycott of game day, college game day, who's coming there Saturday morning because they feel ESPN has an SEC bias. As a couple of Tennessee fans who feels like ESPN has a Tennessee bias, Hickman, break down Penn State at Ohio State. I don't think there's a Tennessee bias for you. They just don't care about Tennessee, which is fine. There's no reason to care about Tennessee. Um, this game, Ohio State's going to win. They're going to hammer Penn State. It's not going to be close. I, what's the spread? Uh, 18, 18 and, a and a half. I'm still going to take Ohio State. I don't think it's going to be close. Wow. I really do. It's, a, it's in the horseshoe. I think Justin Fields goes nuts. Um, I don't have much faith in Penn State. I think they've been getting by on a pretty subpar schedule. They're good. Absolutely, they're good. But they're not. Uh, Ohio State's on a different level. Ohio State, LSU, uh, I think is a national championship game we want. Um, yes. I don't know that we'll get it, but those that would be a blast to watch. And I think Ohio State's way better than Penn State. I'm taking the Buckeyes. Chris, let me hear you. You're taking the Buckeyes. Yep, I'm taking Penn State. Um, ah, James me, Franklin fan. Give me 18 and a half points. Uh, this is the game that James Franklin uh, keeps close long enough to cover the spread. Um, still loses. I, oh, they still lose. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Penn State's good. I don't. And I think Ohio State's good. Ohio State's played. They've had two really crappy games in a row. Like not playing crappy. Just they played Maryland and uh, Rutgers the last two weeks. Yeah, few few um, power five teams wouldn't be two and zero in that. But stretch. that was at Rutgers. Have y'all ever been to Rutgers? Oh yet? my, Piscataway, I, New I Jersey. Have. I have been there. Yeah, I don't, how does don't like know to admit where Rutgers it. is? Hold on, Hickman. Wait, how do you know? What Piscataway, New Jersey? Yes. Who knows that? I thought they were in New York. <laughs> it's the State University of New, of New Jersey. Ooh. You know, from playing so many years of NCAA football, and it would say, welcome to Ames, Iowa, for Iowa State at Jack Tri Stadium. It's actually their stadium. I probably know where most oh, – you know, seriously, it's Jack Tri Stadium in Ames, Iowa, Amazing. for Iowa State. I pro- you know, I probably know where most – a lot of schools' cities are, yeah, for that. Where's but- the University of Memphis? Oh, man. Probably somewhere <laughs> in Mississippi. <laughs> uh, sorry, Chris. You were You're saying good. no. I just I think uh, Ohio State could come out a little sluggish. It could stay close for a while. Um, so give me Penn State. Give me eighteen and a half points. Um, I don't think Penn State's going to win, but at the same time, eighteen and a half points is a whole lot to give a uh, top fifteen team. So yeah, Penn State in the points. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking Penn State. Anybody that thinks that the playoffs needs to be expanded to eight teams, this is what you would have when you have a number one or number two team playing the number eight team in the country. They're favored by 18 and a half. Uh, I do think this is James Franklin's miracle game. I think that's part of why they lost to, uh, uh, to Minnesota. I think he was looking ahead to, to this game. I think they keep it close. Guys, Ohio State is averaging over 51 points a game. And they're giving up less than 10 points a game. That's pretty good. I mean, they did they, play Rutgers, so I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> good point. They have been dominant. Um, at this point, I want to see Ohio State LSU. I think it's a, um, it, it'd be a great game. Oh, former Ohio State quarterback leading LSU's offense. 
Um, I don't think Ohio State fans will boycott this game, just like I don't think Ohio State loses this game. But, man, I'd love to see how many signs security pulls that says ESPN hates the Big Ten, ESPN hates Ohio State. <laughs> uh, you know yeah, a couple Her- of them are going to get in. Herb Street's known for really hating Ohio State. <laughs> hey, he lives in Nashville for a reason, Hickman. Yeah, big Vandy fan. <laughs> he signed off on the Derek Mason, uh, you know, vote of confidence. Oh, I wish we could have talked about that. Talk about stupid <laughs> for a school as smart as Vanderbilt. That was a as as they'd say in Cracker Barrel, ignoramus. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. nice. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that was the Vandy. If you guys didn't see here, ignoramus. The Vandy AD gave a vote of confidence to to uh, not James Franklin to Derek Mason, saying he will be our coach no matter what. So here's hoping they lose to ETSU this weekend, just to try to see if he's got the guts to if he got the balls Go to keep Buccaneers. on. Buccaneers. <laughs> All right, I'd guys. Take one class at ETSU does that count for anything? Alumnus. I mean, basically an alumni. If you went to pass, Johnson, I did pass one class at ETSU, so. I but a high school club. alumni class president. Yeah. Go Buccaneers. <laughs> All right. That's this week's for the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, ladies. Hope you enjoyed all this football talk that we had. Next week, we're coming at you. Nothing but Turkey Day festivities. It's Thanksgiving all day, every day for us next weekend. Sorry, next week. Join us. Get ready for it next week. The Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast tackles Thanksgiving. For this week, that's all we got. 